Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Service Monster Podcast. My name is Joe Kowalski, and I'm your host. Today, we'll be going over a handful of things, and I'm really not sure what they are. I know we'll be talking about the release. Oh, wait, I do. do. And I made some posts that were uh, pretty popular with responses. Yep. Uh, It was a call for the best and worst decisions that you've made in business. So we'll go over those. Uh, But before we do that, a little housekeeping, Adam, what do we have today? Yeah, first, just wanted to welcome you back. Um, The last couple of weeks, uh, dealing with a new arrival to the Kowalski family. Yes. Um, Do you want to mention any any baby news there? Yeah, I mean, you know, for the most part, my wife and I are pretty reserved and quiet about our children in social media and so forth. But uh, healthy baby boy. And we're uh, very excited. And he's very loved by everyone in the family. And and even little sis, uh, she knew what it meant coming in. And she was not afraid. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, because <laughs> now he's going to take the mantle of the littlest one. Right. So. Right. Yeah. She's all over it. Um. So yeah. Just uh, after the release, we had a couple of quick hot fixes for a, a couple of uh, friction points. Um. Matt, one of our senior developers, a lot of work the last couple of days. Want to make yeah, sure everything burned was the midnight oil yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that was really kind of the main bit there as far as the housekeeping things go. Yeah. I mean, you know, there was other stuff they talked about, but that was certainly why is this broken? What happened right. here? And uh, this this is we made a release where we fixed a large number of issues um, and we don't have a QA department. And this stuff is ridiculously complex. And we had a bunch of people looking at it and testing it and and uh, still has issues. So um, we have extended a job offer to one person who's going to be able to come in and do QA. We're still looking for the second individual. So I'm, you know, excited with where we're moving because we kind of have more control over what we can build now after we've seen a few iterations of it. Right. Um, but for the most part right now, we're freaking swinging without a net and trying to go fast. And it's not, uh, they don't work together right. very well. Um, Matt's doing a good job kind of, helping guide the team we have this new process i'm really excited about i just got physical cards for this physical process that we're building so you know all the things i talk about process and sop and building things out like it's never ending for me i'm always looking for the weakest link in the chain like how can we make that better right how will we save that person seven hours a week right so um that's just how i roll that's like what i do right right um so yeah i, I mean they'll get we'll get there uh, it's just right now I'm I'm not happy with the fact that we go out and then there's just blatant shit missing, right? Um, but I can't – there's no one person you can point a finger at. Everybody's being asked to do more than they should have been asked to do, and there's no QA involved right now. So sorry. That's, you know, that's on me. Uh, that's that hard part of the higher slow philosophy because we didn't see the person that we wanted to replace Sierra – when she was here. So we're just making sure we get the right person. Yep. Um, the one other bit, um, like you mentioned, most of Smug was referencing this. And so just kind of all encompassing in that. There was one other Smug post I felt was interesting. Um, Kimberly asked about the Technician mobile app. Is there a way for the tech to see the photos from the previous job for their customer? And then she went on and talked about Mobile 2, which is an older kind of uh, process there for the 
the uh, tablet game. But uh, I thought it was interesting because uh, maybe a good time to explain kind of what the tech app was built for and then something up and coming for yeah. the tech app. So, um, and just real quick, because we've done an entire podcast on the history of the mobile platform and why we made certain decisions and all that. So if you're interested in that story, you can go uh, scroll through those previous podcasts or YouTube videos. Um, the short version is mobile pro is coming out quickly. We should be going into beta, I hope, by the end of next week. Um, I, I, you know, I'll say, I'll say I, there was something that was bothering me. Um, I was kind of letting it go. And then Ethan brought it up as a major issue in front of, you know, the whole panel. And it was just like, and everybody's just shaking their head like, yeah, okay, yeah, that's right. Yep. We need to fix this. <laughs> Um, so we did that. Um, Brian should be finishing that up hopefully today. It's a big ask, but if not uh, today, probably Monday, uh, we'll get a new build. And then that will be the one that as long as we're bug free, that I'm ready to go put in the hands of uh, beta users. So, you know, Adam and I are building the list together. Um, you know, we haven't done a huge amount on that front, but we've got one person actually been able to download it. have no feedback from that individual, although they're pretty... They'll take the time to do it and then write us a doc. Right. Right. So it won't be like – it won't come chirping in little by little. So, um, so yeah. So mobile technician, that was built to serve a, a whole. Mobile 3 is not a great platform. It's not great uh, for the mobile, and it was certainly not good for the technicians. We needed to rewrite the platform. Uh, we needed to prove what technology we're going to be using moving forward. And so we built a really quick app called it technician because it serves the technicians only going out doing the job that's it and then yeah they can see the history they can actually jump into the account and they can see the account history and all the different orders for talking intelligently about previous work and upsells and you know all that kind of stuff but uh it's built for that not to put jobs on the schedule not to handle routes and you know just technician wakes up they log in they look oh there's my jobs for the day and then they go one and the tap and then they're driving or they go tap, I'm on my way, a text goes to the client, or tap, you know, an email goes out. I'm going, at that point, why are you doing email? So you get to the job, you process the order, you take your payment, you do your sign, you maybe take some pictures, set up some service items, do some upsells, uh, update some line items, all the taxes and everything, calculate, of course, accept your payment. You can actually directly accept it, like through credit cards and whatnot, if you set up through the marketplace and signature in case you you know need to sign those uh, releases, pre-release or post-release work orders. Right. Uh, and then you can invoice right there on the fly as well. And even at the tail end of that, you know, if you're saying, oh, don't worry, Mr. Customer, you don't have to give me a credit card right now. Bam. There you go. What's your email address? Now I've got it for marketing later. I hit a button. Email goes out and they can pay online yep. at their leisure. So that's what it was built for. And uh, so you can process that and pay and then they can pay. Yeah. Right. And the, the main the main point there is it's really just supposed to be kind of what they're working on that day. And that's kind of why the decision was made yep. uh, as far as the images go. Um if it's something that we should take a look at, uh, looking at all well, of the order Pro, history. Right. Yep. Because what's going to happen is Mobile Pro is going to come out and Mobile Pro's business process flows are so directly aligned with what technician was good with for those technician features. There's no reason for us to not make that technician. So when they log in, they just get technician within Mobile Pro. Yep. Uh, so then it's all under one app. It's makes all under it, one app. Makes There's it really a, easy yep. and simple. Exactly. So you got one app and you got your desktop and you're good to go. 
uh, and it's just that's the way it rolls. And I think that's how we're going to be moving forward. So if you didn't catch it, mobile technician will no longer be supported at some point, right? So, um, but in order to make this relevant so Justin doesn't have to try to figure out how to clip that little bit in the back to make it worth anything, bill pay, automated bill pay. Yes. And the reason why I I did this is it made my life easy. Now when bills show up in my mailbox, it's completely goes against all of my processes. Plus, I really don't give a shit. I should pay, I should pay more attention. I should care more. I just don't. <laughs> and so they, you know, sometimes they'll pile up, or if they're medical or whatever. They'll also be like, take me a while before I get around to sitting down and taking care of that stuff. So when I have a company that comes out that says, "Oh, we'll send you a bill," versus taking it right there, like no big deal for me, take it right there. Yeah, here's a check. Gone. That's what they demand. If they're going to leave me an invoice and they're going to mail me invoices, they're hosed. Like getting their money relevantly, relatively soon can be a problem. I have so much shit going on. I just don't really wrap it up. If you send me something I can do on my phone, you'll have it that day. I'll get my email. I'll be like, oh, damn, what? Click. Yup. Boom. Done. And it's out of my hair. I never have to think about it again. So use those processes. Complete start to finish. The on my way texts, hot, use that, but certainly use the people who don't pay the invoice snippet that allows you to send them to a link that will then allow them to submit payment for their order. One thing I do want to add for our users so we don't get uh, support blown up is that is only available if you have the integration with Stripe or Authorize.net, just as far as how the invoice page works. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I mean, come on. <laughs> so with that said, we got the, both cameras up and running, so, that, so I think we're good. <laughs> um, but uh, thank you as always to our smug users. <laughs> the, uh, it's, uh, it's one of those weird Fridays, man, I tell you. But for this week's deep dive, like you mentioned uh, at the top of this, talking about your posts, the, mm-hmm. the, the questions you post on Facebook, there are a lot of good responses um, and if you missed it at the beginning, basically what the two questions were, what was the best decision you've made as, as part of your business? What's the worst decision that you've made? And so I kind of wanted to start this by posing those same questions to you, and then we'll kind of take a look at some of the more popular responses. So um, we can wrap this inside of a turkey, inside of a... <laughs> Turducken? Yeah. So what I'm thinking is um, the first thing as a business owner, I was out for two weeks. And Michael was like, hey, those posts were hot. Okay, yeah. When you ask a question and you have an audience and it's a compelling question that allows them to share a bit of knowledge that other people can benefit from, they're going to they're gonna participate. The reason why I don't use those types of posts very often, I use the, the more – you know, informative or persuasive posts with Entree Joe, not right. always about the question. There are right. some posters who just because it's fishing. <laughs> when it really comes down to it, asking a question is about, hey, look at me, let's engage with me. And so when I do that, I want to make sure that it's, it's a tight, right? It's a tight thing. So we got a lot of um, participation in that, which was great. Uh, and so Michael was like, let's do a blog. So I was like, dude, I'm thinking the same thing. Go handle it top five posts. He interpreted that with interaction. And so 
compelling stories about individuals. Awesome. He created many heroes. Hope none of you guys are mad that he took that stuff and put it. If so, leave a comment. Like, let me know. Don't just sit there and mull over it. I was worried about it that people are like, well, I made that post on your, I know that's public, but then you went and took, made a blog post out of it. I felt weird about that, right? Or my approach would have been, which is what I want to do here, right? which is generally like, what is the, how the, out of the 200 respondents out of each of the posts, how, what was the most common answers? Right. And then what have we seen in our 16 year history that reflects that? So, Turducken. Turducken. Uh, so now back to the. Let's see if I can find. You see where I made my notes here? I did. Yes. So I'll just rattle these off in a little bit of order, but we can you know do a paragraph or something on each one because I thought they were interesting, but kind of not surprising, but interesting to see the results the way they played out. So the first, we'll, we'll focus on the best. What's the best business decision you ever made? And the number one by far was what I call getting introspection. Yep. Now they say training, coaching, books, they go to a trade show, they pay for a big uh, seminar, a boot camp event, and something flips a switch for them. There's lots of people who are business owners, not necessarily because they were, you know, entrepreneurs from six years old. They were falling forward and now they find themselves owning a business and they want to grow it. And it's confusing because it's hard and they have to learn, oh, everything's my fault. <laughs> I got to figure out how to fix the things that are wrong with business because everything in the business that's wrong is a reflection in some way on something you can control, which is yourself. So, um, so it's great to see people going through that and saying, man, that's the best thing I ever did was talk to that dude and he turned the light bulb on. It's essentially what they were saying. Number two, um, give up something that's not working, which I thought was really cool. It was a high, high, you know, fairly high number of respondents. Um, we just did this with super agents. Yep. But it's hard because you're giving up revenue or you're giving up something you, you think your clients want from you. Um, but more and more time when you streamline down. Now, this isn't necessarily the same if you're trying to grow your revenue and grow your growth, but there are times when you should look at your business and, and kind of slim it down a little bit because if it's always growth, 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 a lot of fat can seep in, right? And so you can you can uh, use attrition to your advantage, really building up a strong, loyal, dedicated core team. So, um, so yeah, I, I, you know, giving up something that's not working within your business, don't, you know, don't wait too long on that. Just let it go. I think it also ties into what you mentioned before, kind of about like the project management and things like that. It's like if you see something that maybe isn't as efficient as possible, but you're used to doing it that way, doesn't mean you necessarily want to keep doing it that way just because it might take a little bit of effort to learn the new process. It's yeah. like if you see an issue there and you're trying to jam a square peg into a round hole, you know, just – Get rid of the peg, right? Like start something new. Um, I, in both government work and uh, corporate environment, the poison phrase is because we've always done it this way. Right. Right. Um, number three, best decision business owners make, getting started. You know, um, it's it, – I'll, I'll 
skip ahead to number one worst decision by far people by response was waiting to get started. <laughs> so getting started was the best decision and waiting to get started was the worst decision. I don't think almost anyone says they got started too soon. I'll say it though. I This particular business model, I started too soon, too soon. If I would have started it four years later, the game would have been totally different for me. So, um, but I could have done other things. I was a junior partner in a techno, so in my path doesn't necessarily align with you know all the service providers and, and how they get to where they are. So, I get that. But getting started is a big deal because you're scared. You know what's going to put food on the table, then it's all your responsibility. Right. That paycheck. But you know what? Until I started Service Monster, I was never at a job for more than 26 months. I've been here 16 years. Tell me about stability, right? Regardless of what we did or how long it took to be profitable or where we're at now or where we're headed, it's, you know, it's stable. When you own your own vessel and you do your thing, you can make that stable. It's not too hard. So uh, getting started. So if you're listening to this and you haven't gotten started yet, just do it. Ta-da, you're done. Uh, number four, staying out of debt, which is one I may have leaned on this one a little bit, like gave it a little more value than it maybe should have been worth, but it's because I preach it all the time. Nobody uh, borrows their way to prosperity, right? I steal that from Dave Ramsey, but it's true. Like stay out of debt as much as possible. Oh, yeah, I can go buy this thing and get it and start making money, and the money that I'll make will be less than the payments that I'm It's like you can math that out all you want. Debt's bad. And and there are a bunch of people who said the best business decision they made was either getting out of debt or staying out of debt because it kept them flexible and fluid. Um, and then the number five, again, I weighted this because I thought it was so interesting because they started to get just breaking up into the other category pretty fast. Right. Um, but I grabbed this because you never know what's going to work. Bubbles. The best business decision this individual made was putting bubbles on his truck. And I think there was a time when he didn't have bubbles on his truck, like the bubble maker was broken, and it crushed him. It crushed his soul, and it wrecked his business for a while until he got that shit fixed. Really? Because it's such a novelty. Yeah, I saw you down the street blowing bubbles, and all the kids were, like, giggling, and, like, I just, I, now I know who you are. Yeah, so bubbles. Because you never know, though, right? You could come up with that weird idea. It's like just like just getting started. Just go do it. Just go try it. I mean, you don't have to spend $50,000 on it. That's not what I'm saying. Figure out a way you can do it guerrilla style. Um, but do that weird stuff. Just trying to set yourself apart. Yeah. yeah. Differentiation. Yeah. Now, moving on to the worst. What were the worst business decisions that people had made uh, waiting to get started? As I said, that's number one. Um, not Number two, not letting go of someone fast enough. That's whole fire fast part of the higher slow equation. Um, and, and I am guilty for this over and over and over again. That's why it's a mantra that I talk out loud. I say it to myself as a reminder. It's hard because you're dealing with people right? Not commodities. But at some point, it's best for both of you (laughs) to go find something else to do. Right. I think people are so married to their job when they're unhappy. 
I think that's the equation. It's they're, they're too married to their jobs when they're unhappy. Be married to the job you're excited about, that you have fun with, that you want to go to work at every day. And yeah, there's slow times and there's boredom and like, you know, do people really pay attention and do I get the slap on the back enough? Like, I get it. Like, it's got to be something that I think about providing on a regular basis because it's not necessarily my nature. I go off and I go do the work. And then I show up and they're like, oh, yeah, Joe's around. You know, we can do this podcast thing. You're late. Like, (laughs) I didn't even know you were here today. Yeah, no, I get it. But that's, you know, I'm just that's that's one thing I need to be mindful about. So, um, yeah, I think really on on that front, uh, you mentioned it really well, I think, in the SOP podcast, maybe it was one of the ones we did just a few weeks back. Accountability is important for for both sides. It's like if you have someone who's doing, you know, everything and everyone else is kind of leaning on that at some point, it's going to lead to resentment. Yep. And then on, on the flip side, you know, if someone isn't really helping or if they're, you know, God forbid, one of your techs is actually giving you kind of a bad name when you're out there and they're kind of soling that a little bit, then there's always a balance you know is it a training issue like did i not set them up to succeed or is it something that is just really not a good fit and there's up there's so many questions you have to kind of ask on that you know side of things but it's really yes if you have that negative culture if something is sort of poisoning the water well so to speak it brings everyone down yeah so yeah it's tough um yeah so not letting go someone fast enough number two Number three, worst business decision, uh, not charging enough. We talk about this a lot. Your prices aren't high enough. I am super excited. Adam, you know I am excited. Yes, you are. Yes. Yes, I am excited. I'm also. Yes. Yes, and you know why. Yes. <laughs> totally ruined that. I'm so sorry. That's okay. Why, <laughs> why am I excited, Adam? Why are you excited? Um, because of a upcoming change, perhaps? Oh, so you don't know. Okay. Oh, no. I, I feel like I do know. I just – I'm going to let you take this because I feel like I've already I've already ruined this moment that I'm we I'm trying had. to make your face match your hair, dude. Oh, man. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the deal. Here's why I'm excited. Uh, we finished the inventory control piece. Yes. The inventory control piece allows you to automate inventory consumption on your work orders. That allows us to provide you with the material costs of a job. Ooh. Wait, what? With commissions and a minor change. I'm never going to be payroll. Hear me now. I'm not doing payroll. But I will allow you to put in an hourly equivalent so that we can then calculate out your labor costs. Then in combination with labor costs and material costs, we can give you margins and costs of goods sold. So that deserves a cheer button right there, big guy, because that's <laughs> that's the uh, that's that's the holy grail for these guys. Because when they wake up and they open up mobile and that's a big KPI, they look at in their face and they're like, "Holy shit!" That's why it's finding it hard to stay in business because I'm like making forty five cents per invoice. When it really comes down to it. Right. And this isn't necessarily a volume game unless you're a window washer. So, yeah. Yeah. And not going to happen. So, um, so that will point out to a lot of our clients, I think, that they're not charging enough, which is the number three worst decision these guys made. Uh, number four, hiring friends and relatives. Um, so, 
nepotism was a thing that Eric and I were really scared about for a long time. Uh, and, and we've been around 16 years. Ethan's been with us for four. Um, so I went a long time without leveraging resources that I had access to. There was two of them. Uh, my daughter was dating a guy who was an up inspiring programmer that we then eventually used for mo the mobile, uh, three product. Um, he did what he needed to do on his side of the coin. So it's not all his fault. <laughs> the buck does stop here at the end of the day. Um, and then also Ethan. So it took me a long time to like leverage resources that were physically. I felt there had to be enough corporate structure built in where if I was going to bring in someone like Ethan, that number one, he had to pull his weight. Because even though there will be times he's a 15 year old kid, he's not going to necessarily pull, pull his weight. Like I still need him to be mentally capable of sitting at the table. Uh, and now he just he rocks it. Right. I mean, he's, I, I get a better hourly output per cost from a developer out of him than anyone because he's cheap. <laughs> I'll make that joke all day long. He's like, okay, where's my raise, dad? Like, nah. Because <laughs> guess what? Um, he's going full-time uh, now in the summer too, which is cool, before he moves on to Western. So um, hiring friends and relatives, though, most of the time when you're just getting started is an absolutely horrific idea. And it very rarely goes well. There is one exception, mom and pops. And you've got to have a strong relationship with good communication to make that work, too. Otherwise, that also can damage the marriage really bad. Yeah. So um, so generally speaking, yes, don't hire friends and relatives. Just don't. Until your company's got 20 or 30 people in it and you can have at least a layer. Someone else is the manager, was the manager of Ethan, right? I didn't manage him directly. Um, I got to make sure Alex knew that he could bring the hammer down. Uh, when he needed to, and he, you know, he did as much as Alex did. Um, but anyway, yeah, not generally a good idea uh, until you're at that bigger point and then really question it because what do you do when they start screwing off? Right. Right. And if they're a full-time worker working someone side by side, like, and they're screwing off, what, what kind of message does that send? Um, so, I mean, I think you touched on it earlier you know, perfectly like we're, we're human beings, like no matter how you look at the whole process of, of what we do in society, you know, people are not just commodities. Like we are people with, with emotions and feelings and friends and family, the emotional kind of percentage of that is going to be higher. Yeah. I so thought, man, I thought you were going to let me slide homie. Exactly. You're my cousin. Why, yep. why are you busting my chops? Cause I'm five minutes late every single day, all day long. Yep. It's cause it's not okay for everybody else. Yep. I'm about to fire you. So sorry, dude. Yeah, that's hard. So anyway, yeah, number four. And then number five, I, I like this one, the worst mistakes. Um, someone put this down and I just, it chimed for me because it's so true. Repeating mistakes. Because a common thread was, I don't make mistakes. Okay, I get it. We have a fail awesome video, has 500,000 views. I get what you're trying to say, man. But we all make mistakes. So Yes, you can turn them into learning experiences and thereby flip the script on the mistake. And if you don't make mistakes, you're not learning and growing. And if you don't learn and grow, then what's the point? So, uh, so yeah, I get it. But when you make a mistake, it's the second time around you should be kicking your own ass over. 
right? So making mistakes again is kind of the same way of saying I don't make mistakes, except it's true, like I do make mistakes. But if I don't learn from them and if I don't grow from them, those same mistakes are going to happen over and over and over again. And that's just dumb. <laughs> Unless you're really like walking on that treadmill for some reason. Yeah, dur, 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 So, you know, that is not not making mistakes. That is actually learning and implementing and growing, making those mistakes and making sure that it's a one iteration. Like I don't want to have, and we do, and that's what we do here. Like something happens, we go, oh, we don't have that. Even to the point where like 2,000 clients over one. <laughs> like, er, like we can take it to the fringe sometimes, but that's okay. That's where I want everybody's head to be at anyways. So that was a summary, kind of the five best and worst decisions common to service provider business owners as uh, unofficial, un, yeah, survey. <laughs> the unofficial survey. Uno- unofficial survey on my Facebook feed. And see, this is where this is why I think, and we always want to try and cater these as much as we can to our listeners. Like, no one is. At the end of the day, like we are not the hero in this story, right? Yep. It, it's it, it's you guys. All of you guys are heroes. So, um, I do think though that because of your, your personality, because of the responses we had, and people really are drawn to you. I really do think that if if they were listening out there, they'd want to know, like, what what were your what would be your answer for best and worst. Oh, um, I probably should have given this some thought because I probably should have thought about the fact that I knew that you were going to ask me these damn questions. Um, the best business decision, it's tough. The, um, the best one is the business model, the setting up the business model the way that I did. And we're not even on our third leg and I conceived of these three pillars, and I won't bore everybody with the individual details, but pillar one was SaaS before SaaS was a thing. And then there were two other pillars, and, and we got the two up pillars up and running, and the third one took us until Service Monster 6. So uh, the best business decision, the dang business model, now that multiple billion-dollar companies are using every freaking day. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was the best. Yeah, that was my best. Um <laughs> The worst. Um, okay, in that same vein, uh, and I might get a groan from our audience, and Justin might bleep this out, and Michael might freak out that I even said it, but market. That was my worst business decision. We picked the wrong vertical market. However, the third pillar allows us lateral movement between verticals. So we only boxed ourselves into carpet cleaning for 12 years. We thought we'd be here in three years, which inside joke, it's really funny because everybody who's in carpet cleaning thinks they're just going to be here for a minute and then go off and do something else and then turns around. It's 40 years later. Like I've heard that story from insiders, IICRC people, boards of directors over and over and over again. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting. People retire out of it. So that that's the worst. That's that's just straight up. Those were the the best and the worst decisions, because the best those the best of those best decisions. And this is a billion dollar company, uh, and the worst choosing the wrong vertical market. I've got a competitor, not better technology, similar overall chemistry. They started three years later than us. One point six billion dollar company. Hmm. 
What was the main difference? Their clients' invoices were not $250. They were $2,500. Dang it. So again, another lesson. And I talked about this before recently. Uh, for you guys, making sure that you're carving out a niche, you're getting blue ocean, and that you're charging enough, and that you're you know catering to those markets that need to be catered to, whether it's the concierge market or the high-end service market or whatever you want to tackle. But it's out there. You can go get it. question is, how big can you grow? How big do you want to grow? So you get to a million dollars, you're... 6% of the entire service industry. Only 6% of the entire service industry makes over a million dollars in annual revenue. So that's not that hard to get if you're doing $2,500 jobs. As long as you're getting more than one job a, a month at least. Of course, yeah. 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 But I mean, you know, the number of jobs that you get at $250 and it's not scalable, right? Because you're selling your time, yep. your expertise, your time and your equipment. So that's what you're selling. So, and so wrapping back around to the new feature, which I'm super excited about getting that cogs and margins in directly. So now I don't want to, I don't want the hate mail. I'm not making up the numbers guys. They'll be what the, they'll be what it is. <laughs> so when you're very sad, what those numbers really look like, then, uh, yeah, don't come yelling at me. <laughs> I'm sure they will, but that's, that's why you wear that hat. Yep. The imaginary hat. That's, what, that's right. You can throw that on. The, for the chef hat. Yeah. <laughs> the chef. <laughs> so, so what else we got, Mr. Adam? So yeah, that that uh, that's pretty that was pretty much it. I really I think people appreciate your honesty. And I think that that's something that we try to strive for with, you know, all of our communication with, with all of you guys. Um and that kind of transparency thing. And so I hope that everyone kind of takes a moment to really th- Kind of think about that themselves. You know, a- answer those two questions themselves. See if maybe it helps yeah. them with uh, the introspection. The introspection. Yeah. Yeah. Traductions. With with the traductions. They're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Next Thanksgiving is going to be lit, as they say. As they say. As they say. Unlike your bars. Yes. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. Podcasts, YouTube, all the fun stuff. Hey, hit us up in the comments. I don't think we participate in that, so feel free. Throw down some love, some shade. We don't care. Yep. We'll have a fight with you. <laughs> it's fun. See you guys next See week. Yep.